Our first reading is taken from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 7 to 9. This is what the Lord says. Sing me joy for Jacob. Shout for the foremost of the nations. Make your praises heard and say, Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I will bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them will be the blind and the lame, expectant mothers and women in labour. A great throng will return. They will come with weeping. They will pray as I bring them back. I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path where they will not stumble because I am Israel's father and Ephraim is my firstborn son. Our second reading is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. And it's entitled, Blind Bartimaeus Receives His Sight. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Our final reading is taken from the book of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, entitled, The Word Became Flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Amen. Particularly 
Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. Um, I think going forward, we'll try to make sure that the passages of scripture that we are um, building up there, we write exactly where they are coming from. Because I think for those who are following that, we wonder where this, you know, where this reading from. But so we have three readings. Um, one from Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 7 to 9, Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. The other one was supposed to be 1 John chapter 1, but actually we read the Gospel of John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, which is also very, very nice scripture because it gives us a bit of a background deal about Jesus. Jesus was in the beginning, even before he came to the earth as a human being. He says in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, that tells you before what we saw, who we saw physically, Jesus, he was pre-existent. He was what? pre-existent. Now, first John, I'm going to read it just to um, finish up that part of our reading. First John chapter 1 verses 1 to 4. Now, the Apostle John is writing, he says, that which was from the beginning, now is similar to John chapter 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. Now again, the word, the word of life. And he's talking about Jesus. But let's continue. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. So you see, it's really very similar to the Gospel of John. So this morning, the question is really a question. What do you see? Before Jesus came and he was born and he walked this earth and he had fellowship with the people of his time. And remember the woman who said, if only I would touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And she did everything, pushed through the crowd, and was able to reach Jesus. And when she touched Jesus, she was made whole. Now we also have read about blind Bartimaeus. Mark chapter 10 tells us about Bartimaeus. Bar means son of Timaeus. And so he heard that Jesus was coming his way. 
And what did he do? He started shouting and screaming and calling out to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. And people say, shout, what about the master? And what did he do? Did he shut up? No. He even shouted the Lord, the scripture says. He refused to be cowed. He refused to be shut down. In this day and age, there's what we call a cancel culture. If you don't agree with the majority, they do what? They shut you down. In the beliefs we find in the world that is going against scripture, if you decide to stay with scripture, what happens? You're shut down. There are many church leaders today who are afraid to speak out because why? They know people will come after them. But this man, that Athenian, he refused to be shut down because why? He was blind. He wanted to see. And when Jesus reached him, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? What an interesting question. This man was blind, so Jesus should have known he was what? Blind. And so if there's anything else, Jesus should have known he wanted to see. But Jesus didn't take it for granted. He wanted to hear from him. Let it be a desire from his heart. God doesn't force us against our will. Do you know that? No, he doesn't. When God calls you, when you receive the word of God, God appeals to you to turn away from your sins. But God doesn't come throwing you down for the No, it's a choice. So, like Bartimaeus, Jesus had to ask him that question about what he wanted. And, you know, if you're not using it, come in. And then they called him. And he came. The same people who were trying to shut him down. They were now saying, The master is calling you. Never mind. When people want to shut you down, the master is here in the room. Amen. Amen. He knows where you are. He knows what you're experiencing, even if no one else knows. They cry at night. The tears that west of Bilo. He knows. He sees. Even when others are not there to see. And so they were now telling the master is calling you. And he came to the master. And that's when in verse 51, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. That is the greatest of all things he wanted. He didn't ask for a new house. He didn't ask for anything else. He didn't say, I want to have audience with the king. He doesn't say, I want to see something that simple as it were. I want to see, Lord. And what did Jesus say? Go! And your faith has healed you. Go! Your faith has healed you. So Jesus was trying to draw out faith from this man. So there's not just about him doing the miracle. There are different ways Jesus healed people. For some people, he wanted it to come from them. Sometimes he would push people. Like that woman who came and said, My daughter wants to be healed. She's sick. And Jesus said, no, I can't give you bread that is meant for children. Come on, Jesus. You know what this woman needs. And this woman said, Lord, even dogs can pick food from under the table. And Jesus said, wow, what do you think? Go, your daughter is here. It's a different way that Jesus 
Isaiah chapter 31 where we read, we see the promise from God and God is telling Israel about what was going to happen. Jeremiah chapter 31 from verse 7. This is what the Lord says, Sing with joy for Jacob, shout for the foremost of the nations, make your praises heard and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. And then look at verse 8, See, I will bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them will be the blind and the lame, expectant mothers and women in labor. A great throng will return. They will come with weeping, they will pray as I bring them back. I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path where they will not stumble, because I am Israel's father, and Ephraim is my firstborn. God was saying to Israel, time is coming. I will draw you back. I will bring the people back. They were in Babylon. They were in Ezra. But God was saying, I will draw them back. I will bring them back to the land. It looked a full, long kind of, you know, expectation, something that was far, far from reality. But God said, it will happen. And so he says in that verse 8, beginning verse 8, he see! And ask the question, what do you see? A lot of times we only see the negative. A lot of times we only see what's the impossible. Oh no, that one really can't happen. It's impossible. Have you ever seen anyone do it before? And you know, when the Wright brothers said they could make people fly, they said, come on, how can you do that? How do you think that's possible? Human beings will fly. And they went and did everything. It never really happened. But one day, that's because someone was tenacious and knew it is possible. And he held on to that. So when God tells you something is possible, don't give up. It might take time. <coughs> Things might come on the way to discourage you, but don't give up. What do you see? In your situation, what do you see about Christ Church? Because the past one year, two years now, some things we see are very discouraging. Some things we see in our society, you know, bring instead of hope, hopelessness. You look into the future, you don't seem to know where is the world going. Um, the man who makes Tesla. What's his name again? Is it Elon Musk? Yes. Elon Musk was being interviewed about, you know, artificial intelligence. He said, what do you see is going to happen? Elon Musk says, well, you know, I don't know, but what I'm seeing is that the artificial intelligence we are creating today, one day will rule the earth and human beings Will be put in colonies. Now, that is not something that brings hope, is it? No. That the artificial intelligence they are making today is getting quicker in independent thought. That they will begin to rule the earth 
and human beings will be put in colonies. Now, that seems far-fetched, but I tell you, it's not impossible. Because the way they're going, morality is no longer part of science. You know, there was a time when if you want to do an experiment, it has to go through various kinds of, you know, certification. But these days, people can do anything. They can clothe one thing or the other. And if you want to talk in the point of morality, they shut you down. So looking at the future, I'm wondering, God, where is this world going? But you know why I'm not afraid? Because someone made this world. And he is in charge. And he is in control. Because they asked him in that same interview, do you believe in God? They paused, they had no answer. He said, well, which is surprising to me. He said, well, actually, I believe that the world didn't just appear. There is a cause. Well, you might call it God, he said. He didn't say it's God. He said, you might call it God, he said. He said. And I said, okay, there is an acknowledgement here that it didn't just happen. And I would say to myself, that same God is the one who will say what is the finality of this world we see today. It's not a government, it's not a society, it's not anybody. When God says time is up, time is up. What do you see? Do you see hopelessness? Do you see God in control? Do you see God finally, one day, bringing everything to a close? And as we reflect today, Jeremiah tells us, See, I will bring them from the land of the north. I will gather them from the ends of the earth. You see, so when we think that things are impossible, the Bible says with God, all things are what? Possible. I see a fresh passion springing up out of this place. Amen. I'm not seeing hopelessness. Amen. Amen. I've seen a never say die spirit in Christ church. Amen. Amen. Now one day we will see this place again. Hallelujah. Amen. This space will be full to capacity. Amen. Amen. All the fear will be gone. Amen. <laughs> Confidence will come back. Amen. And those who are seeking the Lord will come seeking Him. Amen. Amen. I see that, I see the double energy, God renewing our strength. I see destiny help us who will stand by you to say, I can do this with you. You are not alone. Amen. Amen. In whatever situation you are experiencing today, let me say to you that God is by your side. It's not over. You are not alone. Because you can't see God physically doesn't mean God is not with you. I want you to begin to experience God with you wherever you are, by day or by night. And that's what the Lord wants me to tell you this morning. Look beyond the physical. The Bible says the world that existed from eternity past became flesh. If it didn't become flesh, nobody would know that the world existed from eternity past. And even when it becomes flesh, Jesus Christ our Lord. Some people are asking, will Jesus come back again? The same way he came when they didn't expect him, the same way he will come next time. Amen. Amen. And so we <coughs> live in hope. We live in expectation. It's 
all about what God is doing, but we must listen to know, to hear what God is saying. We must look out the way God is saying. He says, see, you know, sometimes it is it's blinding light. You can't see anything. But if you have the right kind of glasses, you can see even into space. The other night, first Carmen, Carmen was sharing with us on the men's uh, WhatsApp group. And I was saying that the space station will be passing at a particular time in the evening. That if you come out that time of the night, you will see the space station. I actually came out of that, sorry. <laughs> so things that are not ordinarily visible, you can use a big telescope and you can see into the galaxies and see beyond this world and see worlds unknown. And God is saying to you, see, open your eyes. That's why we end with that prayer of like Matthew says, Lord, that I may see. Maybe our prayer today, Lord, that I may see. There's the son of